Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to Rainmakers Roundup. I'm your host, Mark Iorio. I'm with uh, Dr. John DeLuca. John is the Senior Vice President of Research at the Kessler Foundation. Welcome, my friend. Thank you, Mark. It's a pleasure to be oh, here. It's great to have you. I'm so happy you're here. It's been a long, it was a long drive to come down <laughs> to the studio, but no trouble. Uh, uh, it's great to have you. Um, I am just so, I'm so honored that you're here, not only, not only that, but for the work that you do, uh, the, the, the research that you do at Kessler Foundation. But I want you to tell us a little bit about it, like the background and everything, and, and then a little bit about you and your history. Well, you know, the, the Kessler Foundation, our mission is to change the lives of persons with disabilities. Yep. And we do that in two ways. One is we have a, um, a, a group that we fund other not-profits, not, not and we, we fund them to hire people with disabilities. Okay. But a larger part of what we do, about 80, 85% of our, our company is, is to do the research to, to really conduct what's going to be the, net, the future of rehabilitation treatment, right. but to provide it now. Yeah. And in, in this, this day and age of evidence-based you know, medicine, you have to show that your treatment's going to work. Absolutely. So our job is to do the research to show that it works so that it gets into practice so that patients get the state-of-the-art treatment. Yeah. That's what we do at the foundation. That's amazing. I mean, it's just great work. And, you know, I had the uh, opportunity uh, and the pleasure of, of touring the facility up in, is it East Hanover? East Hanover and West Orange. West Orange, yeah, West Orange. Um, and it's beautiful. It's amazing that you see all this incredible research being put into practice there, right? And uh, whether it's you've got a, a, a brain injury or a traumatic brain injury or something from, you know, a, a muscular dystrophy or, or neuromuscular right, disorder, right? Anything spinal like cord injury and stroke. It's amazing. It's amazing to watch people really come back to life, right? And and what's that like? You know, it's interesting because we're pretty unique in in our foundation. We have a natural laboratory because we're. We're sitting in the same building as the Kessler Institute for Rehabilitation, yeah. which is the hospital. Yeah. So our, their, their patients are our research subjects, and our research goes right into their hospital care. Yeah. So we have a natural library, uh, natural, you know, setting for yeah. that. And so it, and it, but it's amazing to see people, for example, who we have one gentleman who was in a, was in a, a wheelchair for 15 years, oh and they gosh. said he'd never walk again. Came to one of our research studies. And within a few months, was now walking with a cane. It wow. told me never walk again. Wow! And when you see stories like that, that really change people's lives. Yep. There's nothing like. There's it. nothing better than you that. You know, there's nothing like yeah. that. What What got you when you were in college? Right. You were study, you're studying. You know, probably studying science or biology or medicine, and 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 then you end up getting your PhD. What was the driver behind you wanting to do this? You know, I'll tell you, Mark, it, there was no, like, grand plan. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I we went, never had a grand plan no, back then. No, it, it doesn't work that way. Sometimes people think, well, this is what I'm going to do. And this yeah, is, no. yeah, yeah. But I, was, I went to a, a New Jersey State University. Yep. And uh, because I went to one, a, a such a university, I had a, I had a lot of opportunities. And with my mentor there, I was able to write a National Science Foundation grant, get it funded, fund other people to do the research, conduct the research, present the data at a national conference, and publish the paper as an wow. undergraduate. Wow. That's what I do now. Wow. 
I was able to do that then. As an undergraduate. As an undergraduate. And, yeah. and the only thing I would say was, again, no grand plan. It was just, I was just driven. I was just, I was going to do something. What's, what's a normal day like for you at, at the Kessler Foundation, John? What, what are the things that you do every day to, uh, you know, uh, I, I guess get to the point where you are delivering on your purpose or delivering on your mission? A, a large part of my job, Mark, is to work with our scientists to help them become successful. Mm -hmm. And we have great scientists, so we'll have an easy job. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> but um, my day is to work with them what kind of research grant opportunities are out there, review some of their grants, particularly the junior faculty, and get the junior faculty to become nationally and internationally known. Mm. And I love working with, with uh, fellows, postdoctoral fellows sure. who come out and are looking to become scientists of the future. Yep. Those are the, that's the work I love. Yeah. And to see them grow and become the scientists to be able to do the research to help people with disabilities is the best part uh, of my job. There, there's nothing better than that. What, where, are you, where do you get the, where does Kessler Foundation get their funding? Where does that all come from? Well, we, we uh, actually sold the hospital yep. back in about 2004, which then brought us a, a fairly large endowment. Okay. And from that endowment, we fund our, our research, but that funds just the core of our research. Then the mission of our scientists is to go out and get funding, federal grants, state grants, uh, other, other foundations, to grow their laboratory. And I know when I first started, because that was the first one, it was just me. That lab today has about 20 to 25 people, just that one alone. Um, it, it's just an amazing, so they grow by getting, by getting uh, uh, ancillary funding. Isn't it, it what, isn't that an interesting skill set to be a scientist and then to have to go out and and raise, or not, not so much raise funds, but build grants or develop grants, John, that help them raise funds that help fund the programs at, at the Kessler Foundation? Isn't that, that's kind of an interesting dynamic, isn't it, for a scientist? Well, you know, it's science in America, you know, yeah, like capitalism, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, you have the core funding to support you and, and, and support the core activities, right. but we, we provide the opportunity to grow, to make it bigger, yeah. to get, to do more research, to get uh, better ideas to help people with disabilities. Yeah. So that's what we do. And when you rec recruit new scientists, what are you looking for in a, in a person? What, what kinds of things, what kinds of skill sets uh, will help them fit into a, a culture like the Kessler Foundation? Yeah, you know, Mark, I look at really almost one thing, enthusiasm. Yeah. Because if you think about pro sports, they're all at the 99th percentile. Yeah. What's the difference? It's mental. It is. And, and even the scientists, they're all very smart people. But I'm looking for enthusiasm. Are you really passionate about this? Yeah. And those people just blossom. Yeah. You know. You've got uh, incredible leadership at, at the Kessler Foundation and a great, you know, just a great staff. And when I'm there, when I'm, I'm on Zoom calls with people, it just, um, it's got a completely different feel from, from anywhere else. Why do you think that culture exists there, John? What's the, uh, what's the glue that keeps everybody together? I, I, I know a lot of it has to do with your mission, but it's people. It's absolutely people, Mark. You know, it's interesting. I always tell the story, you know, at a typical university, a professor gets a, a nice grant from the federal government, let's say, yeah. 
and they have a grant for three to five years, and that's what they do. At the foundation, you, you get a federal grant, and what do they do? They start writing the next one. Yeah. Yep. Because of the passion, the passion of the mission, the passion to help people with disabilities. So it's not like, well, I, you know, now I'm good. I'll wait till I have tenure, and then I can take it easy. No, yep. we keep going. Yeah. And when you find people like that, you know, it just makes my job easier, and it just looks like we're going to just go and grow and grow, and people are going to be helped. Yeah. And, and I love to see the, our, our, our scientists like this. You know, it, it's interesting. I've had Elaine Katz on the, on the program. I've had Roger DeRose on the program. And um, it, in, in every case, John, it's, you know, people with disabilities are not always looked upon as, uh, you know, like a, uh, an inclusive group of folks, right? Um, I, I'm not sure what it is, but the Kessler Foundation is really helping people with disabilities get more acclimated into their work life. And, and that's got to be very gratifying for you as well. But let's look back and why do you think it is that people with disabilities, whether it's mental disabilities or physical disabilities, um, are, are dealing with such obstacles in, in getting back into the workplace? There, there are many reasons, Mark, but I'll tell you one of the reasons is structural. You know, uh, if you look at the way the, the system is for, uh, for insurance coverage, which they need to have medical insurance coverage, that's always on the top of their yeah, mind. Yeah, sure. If they get a job, they lose the government insurance programs that are available to them. So a lot of them don't want to get a job and then maybe lose the job in a couple of years and then have to go back and try to get on government supports. Yeah. So the government system is set up that people they have to think twice as to whether they can get into to the employment right. uh, system, even if they want to. And there are ways to do that, but most people don't even know about yeah. it. That's a shame because you know I'm, I'm, in a, uh, I'm in a building where my office is in a social profit center and because I run a nonprofit as well as my, my business. And um, uh, one of the, uh, several of them have folks with disabilities, right, that are working there. Mm -hmm. and, and they lament the same issues that, you know, they, they can only work a certain number of hours and, you know, they're not making a, a decent living wage. It's got to be very, very difficult for them. It's, it's why have such barriers yeah. for people? Yeah. You know, there, there's no excuse for it. We should be supporting these people. Absolutely, yeah. Not putting up barriers, barriers okay. so that for them to grow. And imagine, you know, if we could get them a job, which they make uh, a salary and, and for doing the same metric as anybody else. We don't want anything special. Sure. But you go off the government supports, and then the government's not paying for those services. You actually, the government actually saves Saving money. Saving money, too. Yeah. And the person feels better. They're supporting themselves, their families. They don't let the disability the one, get in the, their the, way. The one, woman, uh, the one woman that runs this one program, John, she, she has asked me several times. She said, Mark, just do me a favor. Come in and say hello to everyone because it makes everyone feel good, right? So I do. I go into her, yeah. uh, into her room and I say, hi, Janine, you know, and I go around the table and everyone says hi and everything. Now they know me by name, right? And it, it, it's a good feeling because... Otherwise, they don't feel like they're part of the whole group. There's a, it's a big, giant building, and there's a number of, of, uh, of organizations in there. But it doesn't take a lot. No. It really doesn't. 
Tell us about a, uh, uh, a really proud moment. I mean, you've been there for 32 years, right? So it's been a, it's, you've been there for a while. But there's got to be some in, um, incredibly proud moments that you've had while you were at Kessler Foundation. Can you share a couple of them with us? Well, yes. I, you know, <clears throat> going back now maybe 30 years, where I was at the time <clears throat> doing 50% clinical work and 50% research, yeah. I remember seeing a, a patient, and she was about 16. 16 or 17, she was underage. Uh -huh. She had multiple sclerosis, and I was assessing her cognitive skills. Uh -huh. And you know, it became clear that she was having some challenges. Mm. Uh, it became clear to her. And so the next day, I, the chair of my department says, what did you do to that patient? I said, what? Well, her parents are complaining like crazy that you're telling her that she has cognitive problems and she can't do this and that. And I'm like, I didn't say any of that. And then the, 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 uh, the patient came and said, I want to know everything about what's going on. And what happened was the parents were just taking care of her. Mm. Like she was disabled, she can't do anything. Right. But she wanted to know. No kidding. And she was determined, and it turned out was like the parents said, okay, let's, let's go ahead with this. Wow. I mean, it's, it's great to see that, but that's what used to happen. Yeah. I'm just going to take care of you. Don't worry about life. Right. That was a great moment to see her, a young woman, be able to say, I want to know about this. I want to know about me, what's happening That's to me. amazing. That's yeah. great. So she had, M she had MS? She had MS. Uh, is, uh, do, you, do you keep track of, of uh, <coughs> patients who are, are come through the Kessler Foundation? Well, we do. Yeah. We, we do a lot of that. <clears throat> People come back because they want to know, well, I've been, I was in this research project. Is there another one I can get into? Yeah. Because I, it was so fantastic. Yeah. And we, a lot of people come back, and we keep track, and they ask to come back. That's great. And be part of our work. That's awesome. <clears throat> We're going to have to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we'll talk to you more about uh, you, your, your journey, right? And uh, some other things to uh, talk about with uh, Dr. John DeLuca before uh, we end this, this episode in about 15 or 20 minutes. We'll be right back after this message from our sponsors, folks. Don't go away. My gifts are from the real real because I always feel very confident in what I get. I know it's been authenticated. The thrill of the hunt, they have things I never thought I'd see again. Gonna relish the gifts and the smiles. Top designers, up to 90% off retail. All I want for Christmas is Gucci, Louis Vuitton, Hermes, Prada, Rolex, Cartier. Real stuff at a really good price. Unwrap the unexpected with the real real. Shop over 10,000 new arrivals daily. Get 20% off at the real real. Terms apply. More than 200,000 people in the U.S. who have died from COVID-19. Hundreds more die every day, still an alarming rate of loss. Masks matter. These masks, they matter. It matters, it saves lives, it prevents the spread of the disease. you're up to host yeah we want to keep it the, the way it always was right
grandma. She was the best at the holidays. Once upon a time, there was a reindeer named Tiptoe, and everyone just knew Tiptoe could fly. Shouldn't you be getting ready for your flying test? It's nearly Christmas! Me? Fly? Uh, maybe next year. Everyone, that is, except Tiptoe. She's just scared. But flying is awesome! I flew once in an airplane. Wait, that's it! They gave us snacks and earphones. I watched like 10 movies. No! So Tiptoe's friends visited the North Pole's greatest makers who came up with their greatest invention yet. Ta-da! Wow. What is it exactly? It's a barometrically elevating levitation instigation engine with vehicular enhancement. It's a flying machine! <laughs> it works! Tell Santa I'll do the test! Tiptoe was never scared to fly again because she realized the courage she needed was in herself all along. So, you ready to fly to Grandma's? Okay. Welcome back to Rainmakers Roundup. I am your host, Mark Iorio. I'm with Dr. John DeLuca. John is the Senior Vice President of Research at the Kessler Foundation. Uh, great talking to you. Been fun. Oh, thanks, been Mark. Cool. Tell us a little bit about your, your background. I mean, you, uh, you went to this uh, state college, right? But even before that, your, your, your parent, you come from a great family, right? You, you, you were telling, the telling me the story about your mom and dad and how they met. Yeah, you know, my, my dad was born in this country, but they went back to, the, uh, to Italy uh, um, when he was like two and a half. So he really was raised in Italy. And while he was at the university, six months ago in the University of Florence, um, Mussolini said, you're all the students, you're all going to the front lines. Yeah. So he fights for the Italian army. As a result, he loses his, his American citizenship. But he comes back to the United States, seen as an immigrant, but right. he says, I, I need a wife from Italy. <laughs> God bless you. So him. he goes back every year to Italy, and one day he's driving up this road in a small town, I mean, tiny, and he sees a woman sitting outside, and he goes, that's her. <laughs> <laughs> that's and cool. That's how they met. They, there was in April, in June they were married. Wow. But he had to come back to the United States. Yeah. So... Um, he, they set it up, so you have, to, you have to come. But back then, it wasn't so easy. Yeah. And all of a sudden, my, my mom starts feeling a little funny. <laughs> yeah. So she's pregnant with me. Oh, my God. So she comes to the United States when she's eight months pregnant with me. So I was born here. Yep. But my first language is Italian because she didn't speak English. No kidding. <laughs> oh, that's great. What a story. Yeah, that's amazing. So you grew up in New, Jer you grew up in New Jersey, northern Jersey, yes. and you went to a school here. What was the, what was the driver behind you wanting to, to explore science? What was, where was that coming from? Well, you know, I'm a musician. I've been a musician for decades. I won't say how, I won't say how many. And, you know, when we're I was the same playing, age. We're about the same age, so, you know, figure it out. 
When I was playing, it became clear to me that I didn't want to do that for a living. Yeah. So I said, I'm going to college, but I didn't know exactly what. But I knew it had something to do with science. I tried chemistry. I said, that's no good. No good. I took a botany course. I said, that's not, not the way to go. <laughs> I, I took a statistics course, and I liked it. But then I took calculus. I said, not doing that. <laughs> said, but I, got a, I took a psychology course, and I just really liked it. And I just like sort of like I found something. Right. And then I was able to really do some research, get some funding, publish some papers as an undergraduate. And then my, my mentor said, you have to go to graduate school. I said, what's that? Yeah, right. <laughs> so I went to graduate school, and um, I did pretty well. And, um, it, it, and then I did my fellowship here in New Jersey, and I got a job at Kessler. Wow. So you've been there ever since. Yeah, I, I was at, uh, I was, my fellowship here was in, um, it was in Edison at uh, Johnson Rehab Center for a couple of years. Yeah, yeah. But uh, then I moved to Kessler. I've right. been here 32 years, yeah. And your, your focus has been on neuroscience the whole time, right? Yes. And how the brain functions, how the brain works. It's fascinating, Yeah. isn't it? There's nothing like that three-pound mass yeah. that's 75% water yeah. that makes us who we are, how we talk, how we interact, how we feel, how we love, how we hate, how we think. Yeah. There's nothing like that, you know. Uh, and it's so fascinating to see how that works, but also what happens when it becomes damaged. Yeah. And what we can do to help people get back and improve their lives from damage to that critically important structure. And, and you know, when, in the 32 years, the three decades that you've been there, John, what I, the, the advances in understanding how the brain works and how to repair damaged, damaged portions of the brain um, have it has to be pretty amazing to you to watch that, right? Yeah. It's talk, been, talk, talk about that. It's been pretty dramatic um, to think about what we would do back then compared to what we can do today. And, and, that, and mostly that comes from research, whether it's basic science understanding brain mechanisms mm -hmm. or rehabilitation science. How can we help people with damage to their brain to renew, to get new... Uh, new formations within the brain, more connections, mm -hmm. so that people can now do more things. Mm -hmm. How do we do that? 30 years ago, we didn't think that the brain can really come back like it does. Today, we know because of neuroimaging, we can see that, there, that, that the brain is forming new connections. And studying those connections have been dramatic in understanding, well, if we can change those connections through behavior, mm -hmm cognitive rehab or exercise, sure. then we can actually help people improve their cognitive skills to then get it back out into the community. So we've really understood how that happens. And by knowing how that happens, we can say, what can we do to make it better, to make it easier, to make it quicker mm -hmm. through rehabilitation? It seems to me that in science, you know, the brain is, is, is one of the, f the last frontiers in terms of understanding you know, not just how we function, how we love, how we hate, how we, you know, interact with, with one another, the feelings, the emotions that we have. Um, and, you know, as, as we look at and, you know, you do your research at Kessler on repairing or helping repair damaged brain, uh, damaged brain, what has that process been like for you? 
as a as a research scientist, as a you know, as a former clinician in a sense. Yeah, you know, it's interesting, Mark, because you know when we we're looking at the brain and how the brain changes and how we can change the brain. But then what I do is I look, it's a person. Yeah. You know, I'm dealing with a person yep. who has love, who has a family, who has dreams and wishes. A lot of times you're talking about kids in their teens, 20s, 30s. Yeah. You have a whole life ahead of them. So while we study the brain, then I look, I say, no, we're really studying this person. person yeah. How do we get this person back into life? Right. So that they can enjoy, they can have dreams. And that's what I see yeah. when I look at the research on yeah. brain. Yeah. And, and the, the, the stories that uh, you know, were, were being shared with us when we were touring uh, the facility were pretty remarkable. Um, to watch people who, um, I mean, you mentioned, you mentioned this gentleman who was in a wheelchair for 15 years and he was able to walk with a cane. Um, that gets, that really, if that doesn't give you goosebumps, I don't know what, what will, right? But I'm sure you've seen other, other situations too where people have come in and as you said, this young lady with MS, right? She wanted to know more. She did. And if you, if you treat people with that level of dignity where it's, they're not wrecked, they're not discarded, they're not thrown away like an old shoe, they're people. That's right. right? And there are so many stories in so many different ways. So Mark, we, we just opened a center for spinal stimulation yeah. just almost two years ago. And we have individuals who have spinal cord injuries where they, you, know, you think that they can't do things because they can barely move their upper extremity, for example. Mm -hmm. But we're now stimulating the spinal cord. Wow. And by doing that, in this one example, this individual used to be a, a uh, he was going to be a pro football, a baseball player. Wow. He was in the minor leagues. And of course, now he could barely move his upper extremities. One, one of his dreams was to be able to throw a baseball to his kid. Mm. After about a couple of weeks of stimulation, mm -hmm. he, where he couldn't even grab a water bottle and pour it, yeah. now he's grabbing a baseball and throwing it oh to his kid. Oh my God, that's amazing. You know, that just brings tears to your eyes. It does, it does. You that's know, incredible. It's just an amazing thing we can do. Would you do anything different? Uh, if you had to do it all over again? You know, I wouldn't. Yeah. I really wouldn't. When I think back of how I got to where I am today, one of the things, Mark, I'm most proud of is that I did it myself. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't feel like I had, while I had great mentors, I didn't have anybody that paved the way for me. Right. I had to forge ahead. Yep. And I, I love that. God bless I, you. I have... Uh, those great memories yeah, for me that said, I made it happen. Yeah, that's wonderful. Yeah. Tell me who's, uh, over, over the years, who's inspired you? Yeah, there's been quite a few people. I'll have to start that with my father. You know, that's great. Yeah, you know, my father, again, I told you, he, was, he couldn't complete his college in, 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 in Italy because he was forced to go fight. Yep. But when I, when I did, my, did my doctoral dissertation, I dedicated it to the real intellectual. Yeah, because he was a very smart man, yeah. but he didn't have the advantages in some ways. Even though he wasn't disabled, yep. society didn't set up a system for him. Yeah. But you know, my, my mentor at the undergraduate, he allowed me to be able to see what's available for me in terms of grant funding and becoming a research scientist. Yep. But to be a real scientist, I had to go to graduate school. My mentor at graduate school was really the person who made me the scientist that I am today. He Wonderful. just passed away. 
Wow. And uh, he's, he was just an incredible person for that's me. That's great. Yeah, that's great. And all they do is they, 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 they send you to water. Right. And you have to drink yourself. Exactly. And I'm proud of the fact that I did the drinking. Yeah, they <laughs> point you in the right direction. That's yeah. great stuff. Thank you. I appreciate it. Oh, it was really a pleasure. Absolute pleasure. So if you, want to, uh, if you want to get in touch with you, right, if there are research, uh, research scientists out there that are looking to work for one of the finest uh, research institutes in the world, in the world, yeah. right, how do they get in touch with you? If you could look in that camera right there and just tell everyone how to get in touch with you. Yeah, KesslerFoundation.org. If you go to our website, it will give you all the information that you want on our organization. You can meet people. You can meet projects, you have the opportunities to be part of a research project, or you can understand more about what we do, and you can contact us, and we'd be glad to speak to anybody. Great. John, thank you. Thank you, Mark. It's You're a pleasure. Welcome. Pleasure. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's a wrap for Rainmakers Roundup. Have a wonderful week. Uh, do yourself a big, big favor. Look up the Kessler Foundation and check them out. Um, they're always looking for contributions. Uh, if you're a research scientist out there looking uh, to park yourself in the, in the most incredible place on in the planet, uh, check them out as well. All right, have a wonderful week, everyone. We'll see you soon. Take care.